My name is Milian Mori and welcome to our podcast Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless and determined. We fight for love, profits and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. Hello everybody, this is Warrior Family and I'm Similian Mori. I'm sure you're all here because you would like to live and create the life worth living, but in order to do this, we have to do something about it. And my purpose within this show is to bring you guests, their strategies, mindset, hacks that can help you become the person you want to become and live and create the life worth living. And today I have a special guest. His name is Jesse Ewell. Welcome, Jesse. Hey, thank you for having me on here, man. Thank you, Jesse. He's father of three kids, and he is the head coach of certified trainers at Warrior Leadership Academy, which I'm also the part of. So welcome again, Coach Jesse. It's not easy to sit here in this chair and interview you because you are coaching me yeah, every you're week. Yeah, usually on the other side of it. So, yeah. <laughs> How does it feel to uh, be interviewed by, your, by somebody that you're coaching? You know what, coaching? man? It's always good to be go back to being a student. So I'm going to be a student for the next hour. <laughs> so let's see what we can learn from you. Okay. I mentioned you have three kids. Yeah. You are married for how many years? Married for 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful uh, wife. Yeah. Yeah. First marriage. First marriage. Yes. So how do you sustain this level of passion and love in the relationship while you are building a business? Yeah. Life. You know what? For a long time, I had my own business. I was mm -hmm. in the uh, fitness industry mm -hmm. and I built two personal training facilities. And I screwed up quite a few times trying to manage both those sides. Well, you know what? Building a business mm -hmm. uh, and having a young family. Uh, one of the things that gets left behind usually is either your wife or your kids. Mm -hmm. You have to almost sacrifice time um, in order to build your business. So as an entrepreneur, um, I was, you know, I had this mindset of, Hey, it's, you know, I have to build the business. I have to focus mm -hmm. on this. And my family, uh, you know, in a sense got left behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was one of the things that brought me to warrior. Uh, and one of the reasons I sit here today is because like I went through that whole entire experience. Um, but one of the things I found out along the way is there's a way to manage both. Mm -hmm. um, because realistically, you're never going to spend as much time with your family as you do at work, but there are specific things that you can do to make sure your wife and kids know that you're there to support them. And when you are mm -hmm. with them, you're present with them. And just like when I'm at work, I can learn to be present at work and focus on what I need to do there. But there's very specific stuff that I do on a daily basis with, mm -hmm. you know, my wife leaving her daily messages, taking her on date nights every week. Uh, and then also the same thing with my kids and just being able to invest back into them. Mm -hmm. That's one of the simplest ways to do this. Is it easy? Like, no, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know that. But that's why I'm super passionate about being inside of Warrior and, and being able to coach men like you is just to, hey, like, 
we have to stay grounded in this yeah. because at the end of the day, our families are our why. Do you remember the wake-up call? Uh, uh, yeah, I remember yeah. the wake-up call. I yeah. got a call, actually. Yeah. yeah. So one day I got a call from my wife. Yeah. You know, she's in tears. I'm at work. She's in tears on the phone, and she's like, hey, I'm about to go to the hospital. I'm getting admitted for a, a nervous breakdown. And her counselor said, hey, like, you need to meet me in the office in the next, like, two hours. And I remember yeah. getting that call being pissed off and you know I was mad because it's like okay I gotta go to get off work and actually go do this and like this is just such a burden on me and I remember sitting down just like this in the counselor's office and the counselor saying do you know what you're doing to your wife and I'm like no I have no idea and she's like she's afraid to even tell you how she feels because she's afraid you're gonna leave her and you know, at that moment, I realized like it was serious and I, you know, realized at that point in time, I needed to change how I was showing up as a husband and father. So hmm. literally like four weeks later, I find myself in Warrior Week 16 in uh, January of 2015. So what happened to her? She was all alone with three kids at that yeah, time? Yeah, well, at that time, we had two kids. Two kids. Uh -huh. I was going to work at like 5 a.m., coming home at like 8 p.m. at night. She didn't really feel like she had any help. She felt like she was doing, you know, all the parenting stuff on her own. And, you know, I was focused on building the business, and I thought as long as we had enough money in our bank account, That's that, that would be good enough. So once I realized that that wasn't the case, uh, that my wife actually wanted more help at home and things began to shift. And that was why I ended up in Warrior Week 16. Mm -hmm. So how did you feel when you heard the words from her mouth? That uh, Man, I was like, I was crushed in the sense that like, you know, it's obviously painful to hear that, hey, you're showing, you're not showing up wasn't even that I was showing up a certain way. It was just like, hey, you're not showing up. I feel like a single parent. So yeah, I mean, I was definitely hurt. I was scared, you know, and mm -hmm. I, at the same time I was confused because I was like, here I am like working my ass off and my wife doesn't appreciate it. And this is not enough, huh? And it, yeah, it's like never enough, you know, and I think as guys, we feel like that sometimes, but we don't actually put ourselves into our wife's shoes and, mm -hmm. and see what they're actually going through as a mom. Do you see that this is the case with all other men that you're coaching, or most of the men? Yeah, a lot of the men what, with what kids. What is the common, don't, like, common factor that you see in the men coming to the Warrior Weekend? I think uh, a very common thing is, is like men think that earning money mm -hmm. makes them a man or mm -hmm. more of a man. And I think sometimes with that is we sacrifice the relationship mm -hmm. with our wife and kids mm -hmm. just so we can have this you know, excuse of, hey, well, I'm making the money, you know, what's your problem? So it's a, I think it's a pretty common thing. Mm -hmm. And I think for guys, sometimes we don't recognize that. And there's, you know, there's us purposely doing it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, for me, it was like, it's easier to hide at work than it is to like go home and like, Hide at work. Yeah, it's like you, I did you, it too, but I didn't realize. Yeah, you go to work for what, 16 hours a day, sometimes 18 hours. You come home, yeah. you know, you want to kick your feet up and relax. And then your wife's like, well, hey, here's the kids. 
I've been home all day and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I just want to go to sleep. So, you know, I think that's a pretty common thing with men that we see. What are some of the challenges that we as a man face today? Uh, well, one, I think, is, you know, this isolation or feeling mm -hmm. like we're alone mm -hmm. to where we don't really have anywhere to turn, anybody to talk to. Because a lot of guys aren't just going to sit there and be like, hey, man, like, you know, I'm screwing up at home. Usually we would tend to hide that. So, you know, the first challenge I think a man has is feeling this feeling of being alone mm -hmm. and this feeling of like, hey, I don't have anybody to talk to or anywhere to turn. One of the bigger challenges is like these sedation. So like alcohol, drugs, mm -hmm. porn, uh, there's, you know, even work is a sedation. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think there's men, you know, a lot of men are sedating on all these things and they're hiding, you know, how they actually feel inside. So uh, and we don't open up. So yeah, easily. we don't open up unless uh, somebody punches us in the face to open us up a lot of times. So this warrior movement is different. I, I go to many personal development events yeah. and you see most of the participants are women. Right. Men, they don't go there. Mm -hmm. If they go, they don't talk. Right. So let's go back a little bit to your childhood. Okay. Is there anything that made you who you are today and maybe it was painful? Oh yeah, there's yeah. Uh, so my father was an alcoholic. Mm. You know, ever since I could remember as a kid, you know, my dad was very angry a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Growing up, you know, he was super uh, physical. He was probably the most intimidating guy I'd ever met um, growing up. Mm -hmm. So I was always on guard at home. I always felt this pressure. So I got into sports as a way to release mm -hmm. all of that anger I had built up from my dad and so I began to excel at sports because that was the way that I received love from him from or at him, least yeah. that was the way I seek that approval from my dad that was the way I got it was through sports so mm -hmm. um, as I excelled more in sports I got more approval but I also learned that like you know a lot of the sports that I'd played eventually my dad would start liking more than I did mm -hmm. so I wouldn't really like him anymore and so it kind of became this like weird game, you know, and, and, you know, truthfully, like my dad did the best he could with the tools he had. But, you know, at the time, like I needed love and I needed this approval and that was the only way for me to get it. And so I would work as hard as I could mm -hmm. to do that, whether it was in sports or in the gym. So what was something that you didn't get? You mentioned love from your father that yeah. maybe you missed your whole life. Yeah, I think as men, you know, just having, it's like, hey, I want this love or hey, I want this approval mm -hmm. from my dad, but I would never get it the way that I thought I should have got it or the way I wanted it. Mm -hmm. And so it would come out, you know, from my dad in anger. You know, if I cried, you know, he'd call me a pussy. So it was just, mm -hmm. it was all these things that added up. And all I wanted at the end of the day was like, just to be, have this approval from my father and be loved by him and accepted. And I didn't really feel like I got it for a long time. You have three kids. How yeah. old are they now? Uh, 11. I have an 11-year-old son. Mm -hmm. and then I have a daughter that's eight and another daughter that's three. So how do you raise differently your son and your daughters? Uh, so my son, it's kind of uh, crazy. My son's probably the most sensitive one of all of them. 
So it's been it's been tough for you. <laughs> yeah, because like I'm in I'm in this situation exactly like my dad was with me, except I get to choose, you know, a different path, but every once in a while it's like, why are you so sensitive? You know, and yeah. then I realize, well, that's actually a good thing, you know. <laughs> so it's definitely not easy. I mean, at the end of the day, my son, like I was a great athlete like growing up, my son has to work really hard at being an athlete. But I've actually learned to embrace that and actually be like, you know what, he's going to actually know what hard work feels like and he's going to be able to build on this. But I can tell you this, like every year my son's been in school, I get a letter from one of his teachers saying how great of a kid he is and how much he helps other, other kids in the class and how much the teacher loves having him in class. So. I, I have the same issue, you know, Samuel, my son, he's a little bit more sensitive than yeah. my daughter Sima. <laughs> so, so, you know, how do you handle this? Do you raise them differently, a boy and a, a girl? Yeah, well, like my d middle daughter, she's super competitive. Yeah. She's kind of the one that always instigates everything. So, yeah, we have to, you know, raise them differently because their personalities are different. If I... I could yell at my middle daughter and mm -hmm. she'd be fine. I could yell at my son and he could fall apart. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's that dynamic there of them two. And then my younger daughter, who's three, is, you know, she's kind of hard to even get mad at. She's kind of like the one that puts a smile on your face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's, there's that dynamic between all three of them, yeah. What did you learn from your father that was positive and maybe you still have? And so use today yeah like hard work mm -hmm. you know that's probably number one and then mm -hmm. i always had this drive to just be the best at whatever i did mm -hmm. but i can tell you like my dad is one of the hardest working like men i've ever been around like he literally was always working on something mm -hmm. like he'd get up 3 3 a.m 4 a.m he'd start work he'd be done at like 8 p.m but literally like he would not stop working on stuff from those two times so just to watch him do that. And then, you know, my dad was very hands-on mechanic, mm -hmm. you know, he would do construction, all these things. And so when I was a young kid, I would be around that and just learning how to build and create stuff. And he could take anything and like fix it. Like even nowadays he'll come to my house and, you know, he'll look for things wrong in the house that he could fix. And so like, I have that example of hard work that I got to be around. And I, and I think sometimes we, just because my dad was an alcoholic, it'd be really easy, easy for me to be like, well, I'm this way because of that. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, well, actually, my dad taught me that drinking wasn't the best, or being an alcoholic wasn't mm -hmm. the best example of being a father. He was violent too. In 2017, I gained around 3.2 million followers on social media. I earned more money than ever and got so many new opportunities. If you want to know how you can do that, download my free manual, Social Media Warrior, at www.warriorfamily.com. Yeah, he was violent, yeah. Physically. Physically, uh, you know, mentally. But I would say this, like, he also taught me that, like, being an alcoholic isn't the best example of being a father. And so I get to choose something different and not use that as an excuse mm -hmm. to say, well, I'm just gonna, you know, drink and be in pain. So, yeah. What lessons did you get from your mother? Well, my mom was a very hard worker. 
she was super like passionate about what she did. She was she's been a nurse for over 40 years. She's been committed at the same exact same company mm -hmm. since she was like 19 years old. So I got an example of my mom being committed to my dad, no matter what you know she went through. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents have been married for over 40 years. So there's been a huge commitment with that. And you know, I think at the end of the day, that's not normal for people to be married that long today. So just mm -hmm. that example of, hey, listen, like when I said I'm committed, you know, when we get married, that mm -hmm. means I'm committed for the rest of our life. Wow. Um, and I've, you know, I've watched my parents, obviously they've had ups and downs like anybody who's been together that long, mm -hmm. but they've stayed together and uh, they're happier now than they've ever been. You're very busy now with the uh, warrior. Uh, yeah. Um, how do you balance work, business, life, kids, family? I think the biggest thing I realized when I came out of warrior was, was the balance and just figuring out like, okay, how do I manage my own business mm -hmm. at work? And then how do I manage being at home? And there was one of it was just saying, listen, at six o'clock at night, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to work past six. And so whatever I have to get done that day has to be done before then. Mm -hmm. And then I also started coaching some of my son's teams. Mm -hmm. So I spent like four or five years coaching him in football, flag, and then tackle football. Mm -hmm. uh, this is actually the first year I haven't, and I, I miss it. But it allowed me to have conversations mm -hmm. on the way to and from sports. It allowed me to coach him and his friends. So it was a way for me to commit back to him and in his life. And then mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is just going on date nights every week, doing daily messages, and then also just committing to being off work at a certain amount of time. Because at the end of the day, like we can waste two, three hours mm -hmm. at work just by being on computers, emails, social media, and saying that we're actually working. We are not. When you're not, yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, if I have all this stuff I gotta get done, I gotta get it done by six. When do you wake up? I wake up at 5 a.m. Yeah. And when do you go to bed? Uh, usually about 10. Mm. So, yeah. So, seven hours is enough? Yeah, 10, 10.30. Yeah. When do you work out? You well, are very strong. Yeah, I work Actually, out. Actually, I heard that you can take this lock on your back. And yeah, we'll have to uh, lift that. I, I, we will see. You <laughs> if you see can that. do it, All right. we have to try. All right, we'll do it, man. So one of the things that we've done is we actually created a gym and mm -hmm. a center that revolves around what we actually do in Warrior, which is the core four. Mm -hmm. So I typically get into work about 536. I'll work out. I'll do my core four. We'll do mm -hmm. meditation. And then in the middle of the day, I'll usually come back in and do a 15, 20 minute workout. Mm -hmm. So I'll usually hit it once or twice a day and, and just make sure that I'm physically feeling the best I can. I kind of think of it like a shot of coffee. It's like you get in, you start moving around, Whoa. kind of clear your head, like going through coaching sessions with, you know, guys. It's like, <laughs> it's, not it's, easy. Just, it's just a way for me to kind of reset mm -hmm. and then get back into coaching. You mentioned coaching. What is the biggest, let's say, obstacle or limiting belief? Let's say limiting belief that we have as a man when you're coaching them. Well, here's, how about I, I say this? What's yeah. the biggest thing a coach has to realize is okay. like, you're not here to coach a problem. Mm -hmm. You're here to coach the man mm -hmm. through the problem. Mm. 
And so a lot of times I think as coaches, you know, we think our job is to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it makes guys dependent on us to solve their problems versus leading a man to solve mm -hmm. his own problems. And, and so that would actually look like you come to me with a problem and I begin to mirror back the problem to you so mm -hmm. you can see it differently. And I think early on as a coach, I was sitting there like, hey, I'm going to solve all these guys' problems. I'm feeling good about myself. And then all of a sudden, I got like 40 guys coming to me like, hey, can you solve this problem for me? <laughs> and I kind of became this like savior to them. And then they would begin to get mad when I was like, no, I'm not solving your problems. And then they're like, well, you did before. So it was something I had mm -hmm. to learn really quick was like, I have to coach the man to solve his own problems so he can learn to do this on his own. So yeah, that was, uh, that was a big thing for me. What about you and your wife? You still find enough time? Yeah, night? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So me and my wife just went on a vacation like two, three weeks ago to Cabo for her 40th birthday. Alone? Yep. Alone. No kids. Okay. And then how many days? Uh, we went for five days. So yeah. And then, you know, we had date night. I was out of town last mm -hmm. week. We mm -hmm. made sure the day I got back that we went on date night that night. So almost four years, man, I, I've been super consistent at, uh, at going on dates every week. Mm -hmm. uh, I do video messages with my wife every day. I could tell you I've probably missed maybe 30 days total of video messages over the last like four years. That's commitment. Yeah. So you ask me like what did my father and mom teach me is like it's about commitment. Mm -hmm. Those are like things that are the most important to me. So do you have any productivity hacks that you can share? Like how do you get the work done? Yeah. How do you structure your day or yeah, so you have different the first part of my day is spent working specifically mm -hmm. on me. Mm -hmm. So like inside a warrior, we have these like body being balanced mm -hmm. business. We have fitness, fuel. So the first two hours is dedicated to me mm -hmm. of the day. Like I don't check my phone, I don't check my email, I don't check social media. The first two hours is dedicated to me. I'm reflecting on on my day, I'm setting an intention for my day. I'm working out. I'm making sure I get in some mm -hmm. type of green drink. And then I'll do uh, some type of studying, spiritual for like 10 minutes. I'll meditate. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go directly into some type of business study that is going to be specific on something I want to work on, which generally is around coaching or leadership mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for us. And then that's the first thing. So the first thing I'll tell you is this. like. Your day, if it's not centered around you in the beginning, like hour to two hours, then like you tend to be all over the place mm -hmm. and, and you don't have that power in your day. You don't have that control in your day. Once I've done that, then I will actually go into, okay, here's the rest of the things I have to do. Otherwise, like I'm all over the place. So I would say the hack is this, like work on you first. Mm -hmm. So people get the best part of you and not only that, but you get the best part of you throughout the day. And then I do a reset in the afternoon. So a reset is simply I may condense like a, a version of core four uh, where I might go for a walk, a 15 to 20 minute workout. Uh, I may meditate for like another mm -hmm. 10 minutes. I've been actually like working with some red light therapy mm -hmm. and doing that. So I'll kind of do a reset in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. 
and then I'll get back into production beyond that. So a lot of it is going to be centered around me first because if, you know, I'm not feeling the greatest, mm -hmm. then, you know, I don't work my best. Absolutely. I see you all the time. You're doing some <laughs> workplace live, this coach's corner, and then you're coaching a man, and then certified trainers. It seems like you are coaching all day long, but yeah. you have probably also other work to do yep. to get done. Yeah, like so. administration, leading a man, certified trainers. So how do you split this type, different type of work? So I have coaching, actual meetings daily. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's already laid out in place. Every day. Yeah. And then I have time for one-on-one -on -one coaching where I'll have a one-on-one -on -one consultation with mm -hmm. a guy. I have specific time set aside for that. And then I have keys or areas where I create mm -hmm. for like new things that I'm working on. So, mm -hmm. you know, you said, Hey, I see you in certified trainer, yeah, yeah. you know, like we just launched the new Academy mm -hmm. with our new armory. That was something that I had been building out mm -hmm. and working on from, you know, six weeks. And so I always kind of look at everything as like, okay, well, here's something mm -hmm. new I'm creating. Here's something new I'm repackaging. And then here's my coaching. And there's three different things and they all kind of merge into one. Like, as you know, mm -hmm. you know, you're in a, you're in a phase right now inside a certified trainer where it's going to require you a lot of coaching. Yeah. So a lot of my time and energy now is like spent building out that and that platform. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's just sitting down every Sunday and like planning it out for the week mm -hmm. and then doing it that way versus, you know, doing it day by day. How do you create the content? Where do you get these ideas? Every day you, you come up with something new. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been a coach for 20 years. I was a, in the Fitness. personal trainer yeah. for 20 years. I believe what actually made me a great coach was I, a lot of my time wasn't spent necessarily mm -hmm. on, you know, how to work out or how to eat right. It was more on, like, the why. Yeah. Like, why aren't you working out or why aren't you eating right? And so as I began to do that, I began to see patterns in people and the patterns are what like move us. And so how do I change someone's patterns? How do I change someone's beliefs? How do I change their stories mm -hmm. so they can begin to move forward? Because a lot of it is just people are stuck in one place. And so in my mind, it's like, okay, how do I get this person to move from point A to point B? So they're no longer stuck mm -hmm. in this one place. And so... A lot of the stuff I create is a process or a system based around that. You mentioned business body being balanced. Right. Which of this, which area is the most important one from these four that is affecting all other areas? Or they are well, let equally me, important? Let me explain this. Like, people come in here for business, number one. Okay. But there is make an, more money. Right. But there is an anchor... So imagine we have, you know, this business right here and I have three, mm -hmm. imagine anchors tied to this. So there's body, there's being, and there's balance. Uh, what we're doing is actually identifying the thing that is holding back our business. Or some of us, there may be three things holding back our business. And so as we identify that, it's like you can cut the anchor and begin to move in that direction. So, you know, when you say like, Hey, what's the most important, uh, to me, 
being in balance are what hold us back the most. Mm -hmm. But some people have body, some people have business, but most people come in here, it's going to be between being in balance. And balance is usually number one, then being is number two, then body's number three. So we all come in because we want to earn more money. Yeah, like I came in, <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I got to make more money, yet <laughs> I'm at home with my wife and she's, she's in tears and I'm still lying about why I'm coming in. And then I realized within an hour of being at Warrior Week that the last thing I'm there for is business. Mm -hmm. So how did you get in touch with Warrior? Who introduced you? So... It's kind of a crazy uh, yeah. thing that happened. So I remember it was like October 2014, come across Facebook. I see this video of, you know, this crazy guy screaming, <laughs> swearing, and it was Garrett. And I'm like, oh, this guy's crazy. And But then I was like, all right, well, he's kind of truthful about what he's saying. So I kept watching it. I watched like three, four uh, movies or videos. Mm -hmm. And then finally I filled out an application. So I get set up to be on a call. It's like seven o'clock at night. And I tell my wife, hey, uh, I have this call-in number that I got to call. I'm supposed to have this interview with this guy at Warrior Week. And I had showed her the video. She's like, you're crazy. I can't believe you're even thinking of doing this. So I waited on the call, waiting for Garrett to come on the phone, having no idea you know, how long I'd have to wait. I ended up waiting like four hours. He never came on the call. I thought it was like a test mm -hmm. to get into Warrior Week. And, and I remember like hanging up after like four hours being like, man, I didn't make it. And I just kind of left it alone for a few months. And then I got a call at the end of December, just after this stuff happened with my wife. Mm -hmm. And it was Coach Sam at the time. He's like, hey, I know you filled out an application for Warrior Week back in October. And... You know, we haven't got to interview you or talk to you. Like, are you still interested in coming? And then I told him the story about waiting for four mm -hmm. hours. And he's like, hey, man, like, that was on us. That was our fault. That was a mistake. And he's like, but you sound like a guy who's really committed. And so he immediately got me on the phone with Garrett. And then next thing I know, I'm signed up and going to Warrior Week. When did you decide that you were going to leave your personal training business and started to work with Warrior? So last year at this time, yeah. I was doing all the Warrior Weeks uh, mm -hmm. with Coach Sam. And I just kind of had this feeling over like, I kind of lost the purpose of the gym. I'd been in the industry for 20 years and I got mm -hmm. tired of just the same old stuff all the time. And I really started feeling like this draw and passion towards like, man, I want to coach full time. I didn't really know how I was going to do it. And then I got this opportunity last year to begin coaching all guys that came through Warrior Week. I did seven of them with Coach Sam. And then I got offered a, a full-time position in January about, hey, like, if you want to do this, you're going to have to sell your gyms and come down here. And I committed to doing it by the end of June. Uh, it took, like, another seven, eight weeks to finally, like, close the deal on my gyms. But... Yeah, we were down here by the end of July. So you moved from where? Uh, Washington State, a city called Gig Harbor, Washington. So yeah, me, my wife, my three kids all moved down here. Sold my gyms. Huge decision. Yeah. So how did you talk about it to your wife? Well, that took uh, it took a few years. <laughs> yeah. So I remember and my kids, wife and kids leaving the home, leaving yeah. friends, school. So, yeah, my wife had so. grown up in the area. 
that we were in for, I mean, her whole mm-hmm. life. Her, her family was all there. I grew up in Spokane, Washington, which was on the other side of the state. So, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it was okay. It was like fine for me to move. I felt like I'd already been here because of, you know, I was spending 20 weeks a year here yeah, for Warrior. Yeah. But it got to the point where I was like, I had to choose either, you know, I, I move, either we move as a family or I stop doing it because it just wasn't working out with my wife and kids being mm-hmm. gone all the time. And, and then also trying to run a business and being gone all the time. So I made the decision to sell uh, my gym back in mm-hmm. the end of December. I sat on it for like three, four months before I did anything. And then finally I was like, all right, like this is going to happen. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was scary. scary. Yeah. There are many men out there now watching the show and they're maybe thinking about moving forward in their life, building the bridges or building new bridges. What is actually for you this, what you did, uh, moving your family to a new place and starting a new business? Is this burning down the bridge or building a new bridge or it's both? (laughs) I think it's both. Yeah. Uh, because part of it is like you're burning an identity that you've owned. Like I owned an identity for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that identity spawned into entrepreneur, business owner. And I had to say, listen, this box that everybody in my community has put me in, I had to burn that part of myself and who mm-hmm. I was in order to be this new person. So I would burn this person and then build this new bridge to be the man that I wanted to be or the man that I seen myself as over here. But I think a lot of times as men is because of the circle of influence we're in, Mm -hmm. people keep us like in this place. And they tell, like they were telling me like, you can't sell your gym, you can't move, you can't do all these things. But there were the same people telling me that I couldn't open my second gym. Mm -hmm. I couldn't open my first gym. And so every step of the way, I had to change that identity of who I believed myself to be in order to pull that off. Mm-hmm. So I just began to ask myself, was like, okay, who must I become in order to make this move? Mm-hmm. And so one of them was like, obviously convince my wife, uh, but also it was like the day that we decided to sell the gym, it was like everything started, you know, happening and, and falling into place. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a scary decision and it was it was a hard decision in the sense of, hey, I'm leaving everything that I've known. I'm leaving, you know, all this. But I can tell you now, like where I'm at, Mm -hmm. it's like it's probably been the most growth I've had in a, you know, six, seven month period, more so than like six years. Mm -hmm. So it's been uh, it's been amazing. And I feel like I'm at home, you know, what do you see in the men that you're coaching? in the business area, are they bored? Most of them are bored or burnt out? What is... I see a lot of guys that are doing stuff they don't have really have a purpose. Mm. And so I would say when a man doesn't have a purpose, he becomes bored and begins to go to sleep. And what I mean by sleep is he just begins to kind of like live a life, like dormant life or like numb life. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't really have you know, okay, here's what I want in my life. And so what ends up happening is life begins to happen to us, not like through us. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I see guys, once they find their purpose, it kind of like reignites them and lights a fire in them and, and they begin to operate at a whole different level. How can a man find the purpose? 
come to Warrior Week. So um, if you can't if you can't do that, I mean that's to me that's what like really started my journey mm-hmm. of purpose, you know. But I would say somebody who can't do something like that is like it's more about sitting down and aligning like, hey, mm-hmm. here's here's what I want. Here's what I want my life to look like and here's what it is now and like what's in the way of all of that Mm -hmm. and just sitting down and identifying and reflecting like, hey, is this the why is this the life that I like chose to live? Uh, And if it's not like make a change, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, if I look back and say, well, listen, I've been a trainer for 20 years. It's evolved into this coach who coaches men Mm -hmm. to coach men. If you look at the path, there's always been a path of coaching. It's just evolved into this, you know, path that had a higher calling and higher purpose. You were obviously great business owner and successful uh, gym owner. Yeah. Uh, knowing what you know now and your experience, what advice would you give to personal trainers? Many of them are struggling with yeah. their business. Yeah, I would say that, you know, only about 10%, 15% of gym owners actually mm-hmm. like make money. <laughs> I would say this, like in any business you have, whether it's personal training, coaching, or, you know, you're just a guy who owns your own business, you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, is you have to be willing to like work and do whatever it takes to make something work. You have to be willing to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. So I always think of it this way, like I'm my number one asset. So I've got to be willing to invest in that. And then my business is my number one investment, which mm-hmm. means I have to invest back into my business a minimum of like 10% of whatever I bring in. Mm-hmm. Because those two things build your business. Like we were having a conversation earlier about how How do you get Instagram followers? And how do you get Facebook followers? How do you build this, you know, map of social media proof, this map of results? I think at the end of the day, if you can get people results, you're going to be successful. And as Mm -hmm. a trainer, the number one reason people come to you is because they want results. Mm -hmm. If you can give them that, then you're going to be successful. What advice would you give to busy business owners and entrepreneur couples? There are many here in the United States. What they should do to not neglect their family while yeah. they're building well, business and chasing profits? I would say this is like make a commitment every week to take your wife on date night or a walk. Like if you, some guys are like, well, I can't afford to take my wife on a date night. Like, listen, figure it out. Uh, if it's just taking her for a walk down the street, spending an hour with her, then do that. But like spend a dedicated two hours, three hours, four hours with your wife one day a week to where you it's about her. And then the same thing with your kids, like dedicate one day, a few hours to each kid. If you have a bunch of kids, then, you know, you may want to split it up every couple weeks. But I think the biggest thing is, is just having that one-on-one connection with your wife and kids Mm -hmm. at least once a week and then doing these daily messages, daily love notes, just of appreciation, honor, and love. What advice would you give to the young man? There are 17, 18. Yeah, I would say this is like find something you're passionate about and just put everything you got into it because the other stuff you can figure out later. Mm 
you know, a huge emphasis in our country, at least in the U.S., is to get kids to go to college. Uh, and I think that's actually bad advice. Like, I think kids should invest back into themselves and what they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point in time, if they have to go to college to finish out what they need to, to actually learn or get a degree, then that makes sense. But I think we put too much emphasis in college and it's not actually teaching kids real skills and real things that they need to survive as an adult and operate as an adult. So what do you think about traditional school system? Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. You don't think? <laughs> no, I, like to be honest I with you, I went, to, uh, I went to junior college. Primarily the only reason I went was so I could play football. Yeah. Um, once that was over, I had no real reason to go to college. Um, but I also think of, like there's, if I wanted to be a doctor, having to go to college, I have to. Mm -hmm. Okay, but if I want to be an entrepreneur, imagine if I invested $250,000 mm -hmm in being a marketer uh, or marketing degree, or I could go pay someone to teach me mm -hmm. how to market in all these other areas. And that skill set would probably make me more money and cost me a lot less money than what it would to actually get a marketing degree at a college. Mm -hmm. Plus I would come out of it with real live interaction with real people that I'm actually gonna be working mm -hmm. with here on this other side, I may have an opportunity to get a job at a company making $100,000 a year, mm -hmm. where the other way I could potentially write my own paychecks. So I don't always think that college is the answer. Now, if you and want something solution. specific, doctor, you know, chiropractor, mm -hmm. all these other things, then yeah, it totally makes sense. You are not a therapist, or maybe you are, I don't know. No, I'm not okay. a therapist. But I have a question. 30% of the internet web pages visited, visited a month are mostly porn sites. Yeah. Did you know that? No. And 30% 30, and, and 30 of them are men. Like 100% wow. almost. Wow. So I think there is a huge problem out there. For sure. Men watching porn and masturbating. Yeah. Do you have any advice, even though you are not a therapist, yeah, I would I, say because we will not yeah, go. We, we will I deal not with go. this all the time yeah. as a man. So I can talk to you about the experience that men hide and men go to a form of sedation and porn happens to be in front of us more mm -hmm. than ever. And I also think men not being able to communicate with their wives, mm -hmm. these sexual urges or these, you know, that they actually want sex mm -hmm. and how often... So we feel this guilt and shame from it. So guys go to hiding, masturbating, you know, porn, mm -hmm. all these things. And it's just a form of a release for them, mm -hmm. you know? So I think it's, it's scary, number one, that that is that case. But I can tell you that like, it's a systematic issue uh, that men have today. And it's, it's one of the worst ones that there is. Yeah, it is. But most of the men we are not willing to admit right yeah uh, and we don't talk about it no but like, there is a statistic out there right there's <laughs> a big st there's a lot of guys and yeah. it's crazy because there's a lot of guys that you'd be like i never know that yeah you know they're doing this uh and you know there's a lot of that stuff going on yeah so yeah great warrior productivity strategies 
is a free ebook you can download at www.warriorfamily.com. It will help you be productive, focused, and motivated. You will achieve great success in a short amount of time. Any habits that uh, we as a man should master to become better? I, I think number one habit is fitness, like mm. just working out, uh, having some type of release. And what I say about working out, it's like not even any specific workout, just mm. every day moving 30, 45 minutes, doing some type of physical activity, some type mm. of physical release. The next one I would say is like meditation. Those are probably mm. my two mm. top two. Mm. I could give you a whole list. You, you have any specific kind of meditation or yeah one of the one of the things that's helped me the most is mantra meditation and then also setting an intention daily mm -hmm. going into meditation so mm -hmm. uh, it's just asking yourself hey what do i want to create in my life today and then writing down what i actually want to create and then meditating on that for five to ten minutes every day mm -hmm. first thing in the morning so yeah What is success for you? Success for me is being fulfilled by whatever, what you're, you're doing. So like, uh, I don't know if it's any one thing, but like I have a purpose to coach. So to me, having this success is like living that purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, success to me isn't about money. I believe like that comes, you know, If you're fulfilling your purpose, that is going to come. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to focus on my purpose, not on anything else. Great. I have last question for you. And I call it power message. Okay. Just pretend for five seconds that you only have five seconds to live. What would be the last message you would send to your kids? Something or say something that they would remember till the rest of their lives that would inspire them or? I would say you could be anything that you want to be. Don't let your mind limit you in what you're doing. Wow, thank you very much. You also, my friend, can be anything you want to be and don't let your mind limit you. Thank you very much, Coach. Thank Jesse. you very much. Uh, I enjoyed very much and I will see you soon at CT. All right. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my ebooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing and sales strategies confidence boosters and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smillion Mori, YouTube and Facebook, Smillion Mori, Warrior Family, Twitter, Smillion Mori, and LinkedIn, Smillion Mori.